Well, welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. Pete and Jordan here. Episode 20. Episode 20. Let's go. You know what this title is? Yes, I do. (laughs) And so I got a new tattoo. Which I'm sure all of you are like, what does that even mean? That's the title. I've been so excited about this title. So I got a new tattoo. So I actually did get a new tattoo. That's Mm -hmm. why it's the title. And I'm going to tell you about the tattoo where the tattoo is, and why I got this tattoo in just a minute. It yeah. really, on have I not been talking about this probably since we met? A long, well, not, you've wanted more tattoos, but I feel like this specific tattoo has been in the past like two years. Two years, at least two years I've said I'm getting this tattoo. I knew exactly what I wanted to get. Yeah. Okay. It means a lot to Hold me. Hold on to your pants, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Hold on. What's that mean exactly? Just like, you know, if you're so like... Just so excited. Just hold on. I don't know. Okay. All right. <laughs> hold on, hold to, on your to your pants. pants oh, no, I just he's like, going to tell you about his tattoo. No, not like your pants would fall off. But it's just like, anyways, <laughs> I feel like I, my dad used to say that. Hey, anyway. how's pregnancy going? Give us an update. Oh, my gosh. It's good. Um, I will be 19 weeks when this comes out, which means we are very close to being able to share the gender. We are going to um, share, right? Yeah, we're going to share. Mm. I can't. I cannot not share. Are we going to do a gender reveal? Not like a party, but we'll reveal. I think it on those ran their course, didn't they? I mean, if you want to do one, that's fine. But I, I think I, people are still doing them. Yeah. I, I just think with COVID, it's hard. And then also, mm. like my family's super far away. Your family's here, but it would just yeah. hard be hard to make one big announcement where everybody was together. So yeah, true. Okay. But yeah, that's it's going good. Thank you for asking. I am just hungry and, but I'm not as tired anymore. So I know, I have more you have energy. your energy. I feel like I got my wife back. <laughs> Sorry, Her energy's back. It's awesome. Hey, anyway, let's talk about uh, Britney Spears. Okay, we watched this documentary. Yes, which is available on. Was it, I think it's just on. Was it um, Netflix? Was it no, Amazon Prime? No, it's not Prime? Netflix. I think it's just on our YouTube. Like we have YouTube on TV. YouTube? You could, I think it's FX or something. Anyways, there is a uh, documentary out, and if you don't live under a rock slash or on social media, you probably have seen. It's a documentary talking about her life um, and the newest. Not, it's not new, but just kind of some of the controversy that's been surrounding her life right in the recent years, which has been the conservatorship that she's under. Um, which means her dad, who is the conservator, the legal conservator, yeah. has like control has over a, her yeah. state and stuff. And can control like even who is around her, right? Yeah. People that are around her yeah. controls her finances. And so the documentary, what they're saying is there's a group of people, I don't know how many people, feel like it, it, the whole thing is like set Britney free. In that free Britney. Thing. Free Britney, yeah. yeah which is all Britney. over social media. <laughs> yeah. We're, we won't always do pop culture stuff on here, but this was so fascinating. I mean, really I, was. I was in, you know, a huge Britney Spears fan growing up. She was in my era of music, as we've talked about how I was a, a 90s child. Um, I just loved her. And in the past couple of years, her social media has just gotten a little strange. And mm-hmm. people are trying to, like, decode things that she's saying and but doing. But you, you and I both know you can't. You can't decode social media. No, really. I know, but that's you know? what's so fascinating about this is people are trying. Yeah, they are. And they're like, oh, she's blinked twice when she said this word, so maybe she wants to be free. Anyway, 
stop blinking. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, if for, you're not that's watching, just for our YouTube people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Help me. Help get me out of it. Uh, um, anyways, no, it was just really like fascinating. And you know, I don't have a strong opinion about it. We're not here to make a statement or an opinion on it. It's just that documentary was so fascinating. I hope she's okay. I, you know, I know conservatorships are super like, legally um and driven and that's the thing for me is they build a it's very entertaining right so they build a a great putting all these clues together at the end of the day they were at least honest about the fact that the court has documents that we don't have nobody has has not been seen and so you gotta at some point say okay i I could put this together and that together but i'm gonna trust that our legal system you sure. know, has certainly made its mistakes throughout history, yeah. but prob- probably got this one right. Either way, you know, what I, I my big takeaway, number one, Britney Spears is unbelievably talented. Oh, my gosh, yeah. No, and I've forgotten just some of the stuff she'd accomplished. Yeah. Uh, number two, I feel unbelievably sorry for her. The, the court of public opinion can sometimes be brutal. Yeah. And what she had to go through so that people on the outside could get just a little more glimpse into her personal life is disgusting to me. Yeah, I mean... And so... There's a... Being a child star and obviously growing up under a spotlight and having to produce in the way that she did, how can you, like, grow up and just be a perfectly balanced, healthy mind? You know, like, it's just... it's. I just have so much... I don't have empathy because I've never experienced that, but sympathy for her. Um, hope she's okay. Hope that what she, whatever yeah. she's under is and the public criticism. Okay. Like I literally, I just got an idea. I, w- I want us to do a podcast on criticism and how it impacts us. Like yeah. the criticism, maybe you sometimes get at work or criticism from a spouse, criticism from friends, criticism you get online. I want to talk know. about that and unpack that because it does impact us, and I think there's ways to deal with yeah. it in a positive. So. Ooh, we're going to do that soon. Yeah, we're going to do Maybe that. Maybe next week. We will share some of the criticism we get and how we respond to that. And oh, it'll man. Be we'll, we'll literally you read, read you some things. The Google, or not Google, the... Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that next week. Okay, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. But man... We'll read it to you and yeah. just... Yeah, we'll talk through criticism. I think we all experience it, especially, especially in the day and age of social media. So... Yeah. It's the iTunes review. That's what it was. Yeah. We we have some brutal iTunes reviews. That's okay. We'll talk about next week. We're going to talk about next week, but that's a great reminder. You should go leave a review. Yeah, right? please do. Please leave rating review. If you enjoy it, don't fake it, don't lie it. But if you're getting <laughs> yeah. something out of this, leave us a review because other people should like to. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. I'm, oh, you want to? So I got a new tattoo. Are we getting? It's, the it's my favorite now? title of any podcast ever. The um, podcast may stink, but the title is awesome. No, okay. So you got tattoo. You already had a tattoo on yep. your for on your. Uh, I had this one. What do they call possible. this area? Uh, the ditch. The ditch. It's like the ditch of your arm. Huh. Yep. I always had a different name for that. Right. <laughs> I'm sure there's a more scientific. No. Name. Yeah. I, I, I think growing up. up, it was like your. Never mind. I'm not even gonna say it because it sounds like a different word. But <laughs> okay. yeah. So you have that. It says anything's possible. Anything's possible. Yep. And it's then, a big kind of statement for my life. Yep. And then you got two other tattoos. Yep. I added two. I got a J on my ring finger. You probably can't see that on YouTube, but a J on my ring finger. Mm-hmm. It stands for Jordan. And that's my handwriting. Yeah, I love that. And then, uh, and then I got this one. You it's, have to explain it, it for the people okay, not, for not seeing. Those, it is a tree. It was bigger than you thought it was going to be, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was a little surprised when I a got home. A little bit bigger. You couldn't go because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, so it's a big tree on my arm. It's a really cool looking tree, though. I really uh, love... We worked really hard to find like uh, 
artistic looking tree. So yeah. I'm excited about and, that. And uh, I'm going to tell you about why I got that. But you didn't, didn't you have some oh, tattoo yeah. stats? Okay, so when you were going this week, we were talking about like, actually, we were on vacation. And when you see people in bathing suits, you realize <laughs> like how many people have tattoos. I know, a lot of people. Um, I, I don't know. That sounds really awkward to say that once especially you see people if you go to the naked, water park at panama city oh holy cow well it's just it's there's people <laughs> with tattoos everywhere and it's so much more common than it ever was like before i was reading the history on it i don't know why it was truly they said like sailors and um just like the murderers and people who were really bad and it was meant oh, to be this man. like scare like a, how a we, mark how did we lump sailors in with but like serial I, killers well it's not, i didn't say serial killers but people who sailors for whatever reason prisoners too like they just it was that was like a mark for them i don't know i didn't live yeah. back in 1900 but that was like a thing now, as of like 2020, 145 million Americans have tattoos. That's over that 40% right? of the United States, which explains wow. why most of the time. And you got to think like some of the people in this population are like 60 plus, so they're not going to have it. So if you think about, I'm sure if we were to narrow it down to like people mm-hmm. 50 and under or 40 and under, it's probably even a larger percentage yeah. of the population. Um, the biggest age range that people get tattoos is 18 and under, 40% <laughs> of people. Right, when... When your brain still isn't fully formed. Right. Um, 11% is 30 to 39, and 6% is 40 to 49, which is where you fall. So you're of 6%. Let's go. That bite the bullet. And then most common place, guess, Uh, that you get the tattoo the most common Your shoulder. Nope. Where? Your forearm, which is where you have your tree. So forearm is the most popular, and then back, and then wrist is the third most popular. Really? I would have totally thought shoulder, because back in the day, that's where the sailors got theirs. Yeah, I guess I think. so. That's what I always thought. <laughs> so anyway, can can we get into yeah, this? Yeah, let's talk about your tattoo. All right, can I, I got to give you the backstory because there's a backstory to this, obviously. But um, I've got a friend here in Nashville named Derek. I met with, actually, Derek's a fairly new friend, like in the past five years. Mm-hmm. And he kind of reached out to me, I guess five or six years. He reached out to me five or six years ago when I was in a really low spot. And um, man, my life was in huge transition there weren't very many people reaching out in that season. I would mm-hmm. just put it that way, mm-hmm. right? And I think you always remember the people who reached out, right, when you oh, had gosh. nothing to offer anybody, yeah. and they still reached out. And he reached out to me in what I would call a me too moment. Mm-hmm. He reached out with a, hey, man, me too. I've been there. I've been through what you're going through. Uh, you want to grab a cup of coffee? And so we formed this friendship. And uh, along the way, in one of our conversations, he mentioned a book to me that absolutely has changed my life. And I was reminded, I read this quote this week. It said, one person can change your life forever by showing you genuine, unnecessary kindness. Mm. And that's what he did. He showed me genuine, unnecessary kindness. Mm. And part of that kindness was he told me about this book. And he said, you got to read this book. It's called The Way to Love by Anthony DeMello. And so I got the book. I I have it right here beside me. We both have it. Yep, and it's if tiny. you're, if you're, uh, did I get it for you? Yeah, you did. Yeah, so uh, it's this tiny little book. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. The pages of mine are worn out because I have read this book. I can't tell you how many times I've gone back to this book as yeah. a resource, and uh, the pages are all tattered and stuff. And can I? I want to read you just a couple quotes out of this book, yeah, just to get a vibe of to what get a vibe before I get about, into yeah. this. I won't read all. I got a bunch of them down, but I'm just going to read just a few of them. Uh, here's the first one: If there's anything I can do about the future right now, I shall do it. 
Then I'm going to leave it alone and settle down to enjoy the present moment because all the experience of my life has shown me that I can only cope with things when they are present, Mm. not before they occur. The present moment, he writes, no matter how painful it is, is never unbearable. What is unbearable is what you think is going to happen in five hours or in five days. So good. good? So good. I love that. Here's another one. Uh, He wrote this, happy events make life delightful. But they do not lead to self-discovery, growth, and freedom. That privilege is reserved to the things and the persons and the situations that cause us pain. Mm-hmm. Isn't that good? Yes. Can I give you one more? This is one more because this book has just shaped yeah. me in so many yeah. ways. Uh, this is a great one. He said, you were, you were given, when I finished reading this, what I'm about to read to you, I literally threw the book down and had to walk off for a second. Like, it was, it so nailed me. Okay. Uh, he wrote, you were given the taste for the drug called approval, appreciation, attention, the drug called success, prestige, power. Having got a taste for these things, you became addicted and began to dread their loss. You felt terror at the prospect of failure, of mistakes, of the criticism of others. So you became cravenly dependent on people and lost your freedom. Others now have the power to make you happy or miserable. Mm-hmm. And as much as you now hate the suffering this involves, you find yourself completely helpless. So, yeah. <laughs> Everything Ooh. in your world is dependent on other people. You were given the taste of the drug called approval. Isn't Man. it true when you're reading this? Because I felt like this. It's it's a small book and it's a sh- short-ish book. Yeah. You think you could just fly through it. It's something you would read a page and sit there and read it again and and sit there and read it again. And it's just, it's one of those books that really does change you if you take the time to digest it and actually put it into action. Man, it's good. good. So there's a chapter in the book called uh, Love One Another. And this is a chapter that eventually inspired your tattoo. The new tattoo. Right. Okay. So I, I told you this would come around. Uh, it's called Love One Another. And basically what he does, he gives an analogy, which I think is so good. You know, we've been taught our whole life love. Uh, you know, if, if you grew up, especially in a Christian home, really, honestly, almost every world religion would support the idea that love is the grandest. Love is the greatest. Mm-hmm. Love is the point of it all. But nobody ever really tells us exactly what that looks like. You know, for me, Jesus has been a model for what that looks like. Mm-hmm. But, but even then, I still need like a visual that kind of helps me with this. So he yeah. talks about how it, in the way that a tree gives shade is the way that we are to give love. Or he gave two other examples that helped me before understanding the tree, which was a rose yep. has a fragrance. Yep. And it does not withhold its fragrance yep. from anyone, right? A lamp has a light. It does not withhold its light from anyone. Yep. A tree... Exactly, it's that way. So he starts off this whole chapter. This is what he says. He says, what is love? Observe how helplessly and indiscriminately a tree gives its shade to everyone, good or bad, young and old, high and low, to animals and humans and every living creature, to the one who seeks to cut it down. And so he says the first quality of love is that it's indiscriminate. So he he, he talks about this whole idea like a, a tree has shade, right? And anybody, anybody can walk into the shade. It yeah. does it like he says. He's good or bad, young, old, high, low. It doesn't matter. Anybody can walk into that shade. And and his whole point is you got to, and we've talked a little bit about this, and he really shaped me in this way. Stop seeing people as good and bad. Stop pe- seeing people as saints and sinners. Because he talks about those who are sinners. It's not that they're bad. They're unaware. 
goes back to that statement of Jesus where he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so he says the first quality of our love, it should be indiscriminate. Anybody should be able to walk into it that chooses. The way I, because I can't say indiscriminate very well. He uses words I just don't use. So I've, I've kind of reworded these for my own life. And so the way I say is everyone's welcome. That's just simple for me to remember. Everyone's welcome. Like when I think about a blueprint for the way that I want to love, I start with everyone's mm-hmm. welcome. Yeah, no, that's that's so good. It's really, this metaphor is unbelievable to think like the indiscriminate part of how subconsciously how easily we classify people yeah so easy so quick and just to think of it in that in that regard of shade or a rose in its fragrance a rose is it saying oh nope you can't smell how beautiful my my scent is i'm gonna withhold it from this person because i don't agree with them like it's that that ever-present feeding of love just regardless of who you are and what you do. I don't know. That's just so amazing. All right. Second quality. Uh, he talks about, he says, the second quality of love is its gratuitousness. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? You said it right. Gratuitousness. Yes. I only get that right one out of 10 times. <laughs> so in other words, he said, the tree offers its shade and asks for nothing in return. Mm-hmm. So again, everyone's welcome, right? You can walk into the shade. And there's, there's, there's no exchange there. It's not like you can enjoy this shade or you can enjoy this love if you. Mm-hmm. So there, it, it's just there. He, he wrote this. He said, uh, our so-called love is often a camouflage for selfishness and greed. Mm-hmm. In other words, what, what he's saying is that um, often our love is transactional. Yeah. What we call love is very transactional. And yeah. I, I've talked a lot about this because uh, one of the things that I discovered uh, in my life was that I had structured my life in mm-hmm. such a way where 90% of my relationships were transactional. Yep. In other words, everybody in my life was in my life because uh, I, they were on the payroll of the organization I led. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were uh, on staff of a publisher for which I wrote books. They were, I could go on and on and Somehow on. Somehow they benefited from. They, yes. There was, and, and, and I benefited from, benefited from them as well, right? And, and so it was transactional. And, and listen, I understand transactional relationships are a part of life. Yes. It's how things move forward, how you get things done. But I wasn't aware that those were just transactional relationships. You thought they were I, deeper. I thought it was different. Yeah. yeah I yeah. thought it was different. And well, I had to make a choice to organize my life in a much different way. Well, sure, I have transactional relationships, but I also have relationships that are not transactional. Yeah. And if you think about it, I mean, back to our childhood, we're taught that in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least that's mm-hmm. how we initially learn love is mom and dad feed me, love them. Mom and dad gave me clothes and toys, love them. Yep. And it... it it is until you like so evolve into your adulthood that you're like, you know, the transaction is no longer something that is sustainable for life. Like as far as needing that um, support and the people who are there when, when you can't benefit them, you yeah, know? So right. it's that, that is a huge one. And I think it's something I've seen a lot of growth in you. And we've talked about like how our lives and our friendships and everything around us. Now we want it to be focused on yeah. people who, want to be with us because of us yep and that's what i I want the people around me to feel that i do genuinely love them uh no strings attached right and uh, i just think that's really important so all right third quality of love he says in this chapter is its freedom 
uh, and he says that the tree will leave you completely free. And he wrote this, and this blew me. This is another one of those put the book down, walk away moments. He said, the tree will make no effort to drag you into its shade. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. That's it. Because my whole life, I've spent a ton of time trying to drag people into the shade. Yeah. Like, love me. Let me love you. Yes. People yep. pleaser. Yep. So the way I, I said it is nobody's obligated, right? Mm-hmm. And again, this is important because so much of my life, I've I've lived very codependently, chasing people with my love. I've chased people with my love, honestly, to some very unhealthy places, Yeah. which you know we could unpack sometime. Uh, but it, I mean, it led to some really destructive things in my life. There, and, and there's a fine line I learned between seeking to uh, love and seeking to be loved. Yeah. And so, so much of my life looked as if I was a very loving person. People would be like, oh, Pete is so loving, such a generous guy. But if you dug deeper, the motivation behind that for me, without even realizing it, was not to be loving, but to be loved. Mm-hmm. Right? I thought I was doing all these things to be loving, but Honestly, underneath all that, when I dug a little deeper, it was to be loved. Yeah. I was chasing people with the shade. Yeah. When we originally talked about this, I struggled with it because I was like, hey, I don't want to just act like a tree and say, if you want to be under my shade, come, you know, we can have love. Like, (laughs) we can love each other. But, like, (laughs) to me, it felt very, like, it didn't feel like the father chasing his son who right. has just come home, right? Like yep. it felt like a receiving thing. But then when I realized it's more about like the pursuit to like the, you're not pursuing for love. Like you're not pursuing people right. in the pursuit of, I need to be loved. It's just living in love. Yeah. And if people want to be in your life, they get to receive your love. If they don't, that is not on your control exactly. and you cannot chase them with something that yeah. they don't want to receive. And so, I, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a fine line of like, you want to pursue people and, and continue to like actively try and love people who maybe don't want to receive your love. But I, I don't know. I, there's just that interesting line of like, you still want to pursue people, but it cannot mean your happiness and your own love yeah. and joy. If you use the example you brought up, because I understand you've mentioned this to me before, and I was like, hmm, maybe she has a point about the father and prodigal son story where the father runs to the son. But the reality is the father also let the son walk away. Yeah. He let the son go do his own thing. He allowed the son to remove himself from his love. And it was only once the son comes back home expressing his desire to want to be loved yeah. that the father pursues him. Yeah. And so I think for me, like there, there's a new confidence that I have in my life. Uh, here's me. Here's my love. If you want to be in the radius of that love, I would love for you to be there. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to be, I'm okay with that. Where you stand is not for me to own. Yeah. I think I'm just going to be super honest. There have been people in your life, in my life, your life more so than mine, who don't want to be in your life anymore, right? Like whether that for whatever reason, you know, past versus now, they're like, I don't want to be in your life anymore. Before, and probably within the first two years of losing those friendships. Oh, I tried to chase them You tried to chase them, convince them, like, let's go to coffee. I want to talk. And they wouldn't have it. And, and 
now your health is, <laughs> it's unreal to see just like how you've kind of adopted this into your mindset. Cause it really is just a life shifter. It's not something it's situational. Um, but now it's, you don't, you don't find your identity in that anymore. Yeah. And it's in, and you know, okay, they're declining. Anything from me is about them. It's not about you yeah. anymore. And so that's a huge shift. I think. Yeah, I think so. I like to say I'm a recovering codependent. Yeah. So I say that to say it's still a struggle and I still have my bad days where I want to chase people with my love and find my identity and being liked, being approved, others viewing me as successful. But I feel like I'm shedding that more and more. And I love this example, the tree, because he talks about the tree provides shade, whether someone's standing in it or not, right? That's just what it does. Mm -hmm. It, It doesn't turn the shade on when someone walks into the shade and then turn it off when someone walks away. It's like love simply is. It has no object. And that's the way I want my my love is just there because that's who I want to be. Yeah. He talks about in this book in a similar vein is as soon as you're trying to love someone for the benefit or for the, just your own like, oh, that was good. Yeah. I did that well. Oh, that was very loving of me. As soon as it becomes something that you're so aware of that you're doing it intentionally to like get some sort of accolade, even if it's just for yourself. He says in that moment, you've discarded what love really should be in your life. It shouldn't, it yeah, should be so, exactly. It should yeah. be so natural. The things that you do your day to day through love that it doesn't, it doesn't spark that. Oh, look at me. I'm getting yeah. that star. <laughs> Cause as soon as you think you have stars on your shirt for giving love, it's that's where your identity side. Yeah. And then yeah. you're, you need people to do it back to you. Anyway, Oh, yeah. I'm going to stop. I know, you're right on. So just kind of start summing it up. Like, this is kind of my blueprint now, right? Yeah. It's everyone's welcome. Nothing's transactional. Nobody's obligated. Yeah. You're not obligated. And and I think that's beautiful. And, you know, I, I believe that, first of all, I don't do that that kind of love perfectly. That's mm-hmm. the goal, right? That's the vision. Totally, yeah. I screw it up all the time, every day. Um, but I think the only real ability I have to ever extend that kind of love is because I first received mm-hmm. that kind of love. And when I think about God's love, that's God's love, right? Everyone's welcome. And that's a hard truth for us to swallow when you make mistakes, when you don't reach goals, when you get lost in comparison, when you believe all the negative things that you think. But I, I want everyone to hear this. There is nothing you have to be and nothing you have to do mm-hmm to be worthy of love. I want to say it one more time. There's nothing you have to be and nothing you have to do in order to be worthy of love. You are worthy. You've always been worthy. If you exist, you are enough. Yep. And that is a beautiful truth. So often I think we spend so much of our life chasing after and trying to earn something that has been ours the whole time. All we have to do is accept it. So, like, God's love, everyone's welcome. God's love is, there's nothing transactional. It's not if you do this or if you don't do this. I say this all the time. When you put an asterisk next to grace, it ceases to be grace, right? There's nothing transactional. Now, human beings, right, and religion have tried to tell you that God's love is transactional and you have to do this in order to get God's love or you have to do that in order. No, no, no. There's nothing transactional with God. And then finally, there's nothing obligated. You're free to walk away. I have at times walked away from God's love and it's been the darkest moments of my life. It's when I've made the worst decisions of my life when I've been chasing something that I actually already had. It's It's there. 
no obligation. So the more I'm able to understand that that's the kind of love that God loves me with, I'm better able to then allow that love to flow through me and extend it to other people. That's good. So just wrap this whole thing up. Two things I hope that you get out of this podcast that's entitled, So I Got a New Tattoo. <laughs> Deep. Um, the first one is I hope you can feel, I hope you can embrace the depths of God's love in your life because that changes everything. Right? Doesn't it? Oh my gosh. Changes everything. If you if you can strip it from imperfect humans and know that your earthly love is nothing compared mm. to what God's love is. Yep. So I hope you'll be able to embrace that, feel that. And the second thing is I hope you'll think about your own blueprint, your own visual, your own vision for love in your life. Um, if it is in fact above all, if whatever your faith has educated you to believe that, that love is the most important virtue, that love is the best use of our life, then we need to spend more time thinking about what that looks like and getting visuals for it. And this tree, like that's that's helped me. That's why I wanted it literally on my arm to constantly mm-hmm. remind me of, oh yeah, that's the kind of love I want to give. Mm-hmm. So maybe this visual helps you and that's your visual, but maybe not. Maybe you need to find your own visual. Maybe you need to find your own blueprint. You need to find your, your own verbiage for what it looks like for you to love others. For me, it's everyone's welcome. Nothing's transactional. Nobody's obligated. But you know, if you need to find something different, find it because I do believe it's the best use of our life. Yeah, love. it's it's unreal. And this book again is "The Way to Love" by Anthony DeMello. If you guys are interested in getting that, we would highly, highly recommend it. We both have it, um, and just it's something we really love. And I, it's been a game changer. It this has concept of love. And how you are to give it and receive it is just game changing. So, yep. and we just got to practice it, right? None of us get this right all the time. Yeah, oh no, I get it wrong more than I get it right. But yeah. I am if, at if least it, it's a blueprint. Yes, right. Like there's Absolutely. finally a some a visual, not just love everyone always, love more. Like we got to have a reason, like a, an understanding and a tangible, like how do we do that? What does that look like day to day? Yep. And I think that was that's really been helpful for us. Yeah, so I love um, share this because this has been something we share with people outside of the podcast. We recommend this book all the time. Um, we're so grateful for Derek for sharing that with us. But mm. um, I feel like just this concept is it's simple, but it's so profound, and I feel like it really helps shift kind of a mindset. So if you know somebody who's kind of would would benefit from that, please feel free to share. Yes. I think it'd be helpful. Please do. And and uh, hey, if you have a tree tattoo and it had no meaning, you're <laughs> now welcome. You do. Because <laughs> you need if you have a tattoo, I think you need to have a story because everybody's going to ask you what's yeah. your story. Now you know. Yep. I love it. So there you go. You're welcome. You are welcome. <laughs> hey, this has been this has been a good talk. Good talk. It's been a real good talk. Hey, until we uh, see you again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace.